Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can get Jamie. Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to The Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it, but I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Happy Tuesday, my neurodivergent friends, or whatever day of the week it is that you're listening to this, and I hope that it is a happy one or a great one, but if not, that's okay too. Random fact, I started class again. I'm going back to college. I don't know if you know, but I'm planning to go to medical school eventually. I love being a nurse, but I really would like to be a physician, maybe even a neurosurgeon. The last time I was in school was... 2011 when I graduated with my first degree in nursing. Now, I've gotten my bachelor's degree since then, but it's a bridge program, so it was all online. That's very, very different than in-class learning. Not to mention, already having an associate's degree in nursing, you did all the hard stuff. So just bridging over to the bachelor's degree was writing papers, and I'm a great writer, so it was a piece of cake, no big deal. It didn't even really feel like I was taking class. This semester, I'm taking two classes. One is just like, I don't know, it's a one credit hour, how to be successful in college, which I have two associate degrees and a bachelor's degree, so I think I'm good on that. But the other is physics. I reached out on TikTok yesterday for study tips because the last time that I was in college, I didn't know I had ADHD. I had no idea that I could even potentially have ADHD. While I graduated with honors With two of my degrees, I really, really, really struggled with organization. I struggled with doing things on time. I posted on TikTok yesterday after one of my classes that if anyone with ADHD has great study tips, I would love, love, if you have TikTok, go to that video, stitch it so that I can see it. Or if you want to email me at theneurodivergentnurse at gmail.com with good ideas and ways to do that. I also have this cool voicemail feature where you can leave me voicemail messages that I can even potentially use on the podcast. So however you want to do it, if you have tips, I would would really appreciate you sharing them with me so that I can share them with everyone else as well. I may even put it into a podcast whenever I learn what's effective for the people who are still in school right now and they listen to the Neurodivergent Nurse podcast. One thing that is certainly known to help when it comes to studying or things that you need to do like at a desk is to eliminate clutter. I made a post with a flow chart not too long ago on the Neurodivergent Nurse Instagram account that was like a flow chart about ADHD and hoarding. With that being said, research shows that while a whole lot of people who are compulsive hoarders have ADHD, the reverse of it is not true. People with ADHD are not typically hoarders, nor are they some kind of disorganization spectrum that ends up in the mental disorder called hoarding. What gives rise to problematic clutter is that it can look like hoarding due to less than stellar executive functioning. So let's talk about ADHD and clutter. Part of adult ADHD clutter is the pile of bail at home that's calling to you that says, What is in there? Am I missing out on something? Is there a bill that's due? 
And as that pile grows, so does your stress level, right? So maybe you just avoid dealing with it. That clutter on your desk is also the stack of papers that's taunting you. What is all this stuff? Do I need it? Am I forgetting something? Maybe you eventually move the papers to another space so that you have room to work. I know that's what I do, to be honest. And clutter is the closet, the basement, the garage, etc. This filled with so much stuff screaming. There is no way you can figure out what to do with all of this. Those who struggle with clutter in whatever form, they know these voices so well. What about you? Do these voices sound familiar to you? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, most important question, are you ready to change these? If you are, then make sure you keep listening to today's episode because we're going to go through it together. You will forever hear me preach that in order to accomplish something, you really need to understand the why and the how. So same thing, gaining an understanding of how you clutter and how it builds up is the first step that you can take in informing your choice of technique so that you can minimize it. So we're gonna start there. If you have a hard time getting rid of stuff, I'm willing to bet that it's probably because one of these three main reasons. One, you think you might use the item someday. Two, it holds sentimental value. This used to be my main and primary reason for holding on to things too long. Three, you spend a lot of money on it. So you think that you should keep it even if you haven't used it in a really, really long time. And if you tend to be a compulsive shopper because of your ADHD impulsiveness, the pile just keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger. One of the things that makes it really, really hard for adults with ADHD to make a decision, especially when cleaning up things like clutter, is having too many thoughts at once and difficulty processing them. If you experience this when you're trying to figure out what to do with your stuff, you can stay in a seemingly endless loop. I should get rid of some of this paper, but what if I need it later? Maybe I should just file it all away. How am I going to file it, though? Do I even have enough room in the filing cabinet? Well, if I don't, I'm going to have to find more space. Maybe I should file some of it and throw some of it out? I don't know. How do I decide what to file and what to toss? What if I throw away something and then I need it later? I know that I will really regret that. I'm... I'll just figure it out later. And when you're overwhelmed trying to figure out what to do with your clutter, it can start to feel like a game of pinball in your head. Then you might either do one of the two things. You might give up trying to do anything because you just don't know what to do. Or you might impulsively make a decision, like throwing something out, just to quiet the noise in your head. But not making a decision or being impulsive doesn't really help you in the long run, does it? I do know that we all have different tolerance levels for the amount of things in our environment. Too much clutter, whatever that means to you, can create confusion, especially for those of us with ADHD. Think about how you feel in your physical environment right now. Look around. Does your space inspire you? Does it energize you? Or does it deplete your energy? If your space is too cluttered, I guarantee you, you will have a hard time focusing your attention on what you want to do just because there's too much stuff. There's stimuli and it's all competing for your attention. 
And because of the stimuli overload, you might either have a hard time deciding what to do or just jump from task to task without ever closing that loop. Having too much clutter and not knowing what is in the piles may also lead you to worry about what you may be forgetting to do. So as you scan your piles, in the back of your mind, you have this persistent worry and wonder. What am I not taking care of that I should be? Ultimately, the worry and the confusion caused by your clutter gets in the way of being intentional and doing the thing that's important to you. The ways that clutter steals from you can also get in the way of spending time on the things that are important to you. Of course, the most obvious way clutter can cost you in fees or late bills or maybe lost income from missed business opportunities or if you forget that you work that day or you sign in late, your clutter also robs you of time, time that you really can't afford to lose, right? Think of the time that you spend every day doing these things, looking for misplaced keys, papers, shoes, tools, whatever. The time that you spend every day trying to muster enough self-control to focus when you're too distracted by the clutter around you. The time you spend every day spending time dealing with the fallout of situations due to your clutter and the lack of organization, like not being ready for a meeting, or the time that you spend needing to correct mistakes you make when you can't find something at the right time. Okay, okay, okay. By now, I'm sure you get it. Clutter costs you in lots of ways. Let's work on not just tackling it, but getting to the bottom of it in order to tackle it the best way that you possibly can. So the first step that we're gonna do with dealing with your clutter is to answer the question, what do I want my space to look like when it is good enough and works for me? Without answering that question, you may strive to reach some idealized vision of what you think your home or your office should look like according to someone else's standards. And when you can't achieve it because it's just not right for you, you may feel even more demoralized about your ability to be organized. When your space works for you and is good enough for you, you're gonna be able to find what you need when you need it, to have company over without too much trouble if that's something that you want, and relax in your home without the stress caused by clutter. And when you're clear about the answer to the question that I just asked you, you will be clear about where you're heading in your efforts to organize your space. First of all, I wanna give you a list of 10 things that you should probably throw out now in order to declutter. The first one is plastic grocery bags. Is this the year that you go green? I wanna encourage you to gather up all of your plastic grocery bags and return them to the store for recycling. Purchase five to 10 reusable grocery bags and keep them in the trunk of your car so that you don't forget them at home when you're food shopping. If you do forget your reusable bags when you go to the store, ask for paper instead of plastic and put the brown paper bags in your recycling bin. Or you could do it like me. You can leave your brown paper bags and put the things that you want to recycle in that bag. The second thing you need to throw out is out-of-date electronics. Some people, whenever they buy a new TV, a phone, or kitchen appliance, they typically hang on to the old one. Why? If the old one worked, they wouldn't have to replace it. So as you come across electronics that you're not using anymore, ask yourself, why am I saving them? Number three, extension cords. Along with older electronics, we save all kinds of just-in-case items. Number four is a really good one, manuals. Think about it, almost all the manuals are now available online. So when you purchase new items that you come across with manuals and warranties, you can staple the receipt to the warranty and tear off the top page of the manual, which shows the model number and the name of the item. And that's really all you need if, if your item needs to be repaired. 
This one is not a weakness of mine, but I do realize it is for a lot of people. Number five, extra bed sheets. In almost every home, the linen closet holds every set of bed sheets that the owner has ever purchased. We often keep older bedding just in case someone gets sick or we have company. We really need only the set of sheets that's already on the bed and a backup set per bed. This rule will keep your linen closet in check. Number six, one of my weaknesses, free samples. I once thought that I would use travel size shampoos and one time use beauty samples. Guess what? I don't. And the few times that I have and do use them, it certainly does not justify keeping the boxes of samples that I've never tried. Getting a free shampoo sample at a hotel or at the store feels really good. Free is fantastic, but the odds of using that freebie realistically are pretty darn slim. Samples become reminders of opportunities you didn't take advantage of, and they can actually make us feel bad. Number seven, do you have a thing for household cleaners? A lot of people do. They like to buy different cleaners that they see advertised, but when they start cleaning, they actually just use the same few cleaners in majority of the situations, not the specialty cleaners that they bought. Collect all the cleaning supplies that you have never used and donate them. A lot of food pantries will take cleaners that have been opened as well, but just make sure you call and check beforehand. Number eight, magazines and catalogs. Boy, do I love some magazines and catalogs. How many of those do you look forward to reading whenever they come in? Make a list of your favorites because, you know, we love lists. As you get the catalogs in the mail, immediately recycle all the ones that are not on your list. Set aside a box for all the B-list magazines and catalogs that arrive for one month. At the end of the month, Call or email each company and ask to be taken off of their mailing list. Number nine, hobby items. We store stuff used for current and past hobbies in our garages and all kinds of places. In the spring, as you go through your garage, see if there's one category that you can completely eliminate. For example, have you washed your car at home in the last, I don't know, five years? If not, I bet it's pretty safe that you can get rid of all of your supplies that you typically use to wash your car. Time for those to go. Number 10, mending piles. Some people, they love to sew ripped clothing, replace missing buttons, and go the extra mile to remove set-in stains. Well, send your mending to the dry cleaner and replace stained and ripped clothing just don't have a mending pile. Really, how much do you use it and how long has it been there? Now that you just had some tips on what to get rid of to decrease your clutter, now I'm gonna give you five ways to start tackling the clutter in your home. Both ADHD and hoarding disorder are marked by executive function deficits that contribute to excessive clutter. These include difficulty with categorizing and decision-making and distractibility. So number one, I am gonna get you to personalize your category names. Trust me, it makes a difference. You can use categories like friends, acquaintances, and strangers to sort your stuff. So the things that you put in the friends pile, they stay. Your acquaintance pile, you're gonna move it along to donate it. And the strangers pile, you're gonna toss it. Number two, you're gonna use the gradual decluttering method to help with decision-making. In week one, I want you to toss out three items. Anything counts, whether it's plastic bags, whether it's clothes that are worn out, old phone directories, those cords we talked about earlier. The idea is to get used to decision-making. Then in week two and three, you're gonna to toss out one item a day. In week four, you're gonna to toss out 
12 items by the week. And then you're gonna keep tossing 12 items per week going forward. Number three, if you can afford it, hire a professional organizer. A professional organizer will help you stay focused and will be objective about decluttering, which is what you need. They're usually pretty compassionate even when they push you a little. You can find a professional organizer at challengingdisorganization.org or napo, N-A-P-O.net. Number four, turn intentions into action by scheduling them. Make an appointment with yourself to take action. For instance, when Lucy says, I need to recycle this stuff, we immediately put a date on the calendar to go to the recycling center. Putting intentions on a schedule is powerful. And this also increases the chance that you will take the action. And the fifth one that I got from Attitude Magazine, join a Messies Anonymous group. That is M-E-S-S-I-E-S dot com. This is an online clutter support group or an organizing meetup group near you. I'm not sure if you have heard the past episode that I did several months back about body doubling, but if you would be interested in a free body double session, which means you would have on the other end of a Zoom call or Skype to sit quietly or even chat with you while you clean up your clutter. And you know what? Maybe I just won't sit there. Maybe I'll be cleaning my clutter too and having a conversation or we'll just be cleaning together in silence. This would be free, of course. So if that is something that interests you, I will be choosing one person within the next couple of weeks. So be sure to send me a message to the neurodivergentnurse at gmail.com. Only if you're 18 and older. Sorry, kids. If you would like to contribute to this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the neurodivergent nurse, where you can get exclusive bonus episode, script of the show prior to the release, uncut video interviews of the guest, input on upcoming shows and ideas, and even more. Also, be sure to follow the neurodivergent nurse on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with someone that you think could also benefit from the neurodivergent nurse. And go ahead while you have time and while you're thinking about it and rate it and leave a review five stars on your favorite listening platform so that other people can find the show easily as well and i hope you have a wonderful week and i can't wait to talk to you again